Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Um, we're in our series for December. We have the year we, we, we felt the Lord give us the theme of come up here and um, that whole concept of Isaiah where he encounters the Lord and he's taken into heaven and um, this, we just really felt like the, you know, the Lord inviting us to, to continue to get his perspective on him, the world, ourselves. And so that's kind of our theme, overall theme for the year. But at this, in this current season, it is a wonderful opportunity to, you know, the only way that we were, any of us, are able to come up into the presence of Jesus and be with him and and know that we're going to be with him for all eternity is because heaven came down to earth. Is anyone excited about that? I'm excited about that. I am very, very excited about the fact that, that heaven came down. And so that's our theme for this month over this Christmas period where we get to celebrate. You know, today I'm speaking on Heaven Came Down, Emmanuel, God with us. So we're going to focus today on the fact that actually Jesus came to dwell amongst us. And it is a fantastic and wonderful honour and gift for us to remember and celebrate that actually the Saviour of the world uh, stepped into humanity. So if you would like to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read a little bit of the story of Jesus. Now, what I'd like to invite you to do is just to put your hand on your heart and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you as if this is the first time you're hearing this story. Because many of us, even if you didn't grow up in church, have probably heard this story many times or we've read it. And we can grow a little bit complacent sometimes. And just, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can skim read because it's like, oh, yeah, I've read that before. I know that. But, but I think there's a fresh knowing and revelation to come to us in this season and a fresh awe and wonder. I, I love that we were hanging out in that place of, oh, come, let us adore him. I feel like there's, there's fresh awe and wonder for us as the children of God to, to have our eyes, our spiritual eyes open and our hearts refreshed with an with a, um, excitement about his coming. So, Lord, would you just speak to our hearts? Would you uh, reset our hearts where we've grown too familiar, Lord? Would you just re-refresh us? And fill us with childlike awe and wonder at your coming and your birth as we celebrate this Christmas period, Lord. Don't let us get distracted, but but let us stay focused on you and your purpose and the great gift that you have for us, Lord. So open our ears and our eyes. Okay, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18 and I'll read to verse 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I don't know anyone else that's had that experience. So that in and of itself is phenomenal. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I mean, that would freak you out, wouldn't it? <laughs> she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So it references there the prophetic word that was given by Isaiah many years before this actually took place. So let's just read that. This is this Jesus coming in that time was the fulfillment of this prophecy. So Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So just to give you a little bit of a context, in Isaiah's time, they, um, the prophecy was meant, meant that God was going to save Jerusalem from its enemies. They were camped around Jerusalem, and this prophetic word came to, to let them know that God was coming to, um, to, to save them. But if you scroll forward to when Jesus came, to Jesus' birth, when he appears in Bethlehem, it wasn't, he wasn't coming to save the Israelites in the sense of from the government around them, from the, the people who were against them. He wasn't coming to rescue them from their oppressor and from the culture that they were in. Right? Does any? Sometimes we get a little bit confused, and we we think like the Jewish people did that the Messiah was going to overthrow the government and come like a powerful, strong, you know, hero on a horse and rescue them from their oppressors in that current day. And sometimes we can get a little bit confused. Uh, I, I know in the last couple of years, a number of people have been confused about a human. Uh, rescuing or a government saving from their enemies or from the culture or the things that they don't like. But let's not make that mistake. Actually, when Jesus appeared in Bethlehem, he wasn't coming to rescue from their, um, their oppressors. Actually, 70 years after his birth, actually what happened was Jerusalem pretty much got decimated and uh, it would be destroyed and the Jews were driven out of Jerusalem. So, you know, we know Jesus didn't come because that, that didn't fully happen that way. It was a much bigger purpose. God had a much bigger plan. So he came, he's actually, Jesus has come and he came to save his people from their sins. Actually, it was an internal heart issue that he was coming to rescue his people and we're included in that, to save his people from their sins. So the angel gives him the name Jesus. So it's a bit confusing when you read it because you see that there's the 
um, the name Emmanuel, and then they call him Jesus. And I used to get a bit confused by that. But um, so this, the child who, who came as God with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel was his title. Emmanuel is his position. He's God. Emmanuel is God. Jesus is God. But his name, Jesus, means it's, it was about his purpose and his, his, the name that was his human name that was spoken over him was about his destiny to save his people. God saves. And that's what he did. So he came as Emmanuel God with us. So he came not to end that regime of government, but to end the separation of us, us and our sin from God because we couldn't go into the presence of a holy God. He came to undo and to absorb all of the effects and to become one with our sin as Jesus, as um, Jesus, I called you Jesus, Steve. Well, you're very much like Jesus, but um, as Steve was, you know, outlining the purpose of Jesus coming um, as he was sharing the gospel this morning, it, it was, he came to deal with sin and the heart issue that separate us from our our, from God. So he came to deal with it, to save us from it, and to enable us to be restored into full communion with the Father. So God is with us, not to make us feel safer, not to make us feel better about ourselves, but because he, he came and he was there because he was about to save us from the reality of the judgment that we deserved. So God is with us in a new way when he came 2,000 years ago. A way that allows us to be with him. Okay, so he, it wasn't just about him being with us. It was about us being enabled to be with him forever, for all eternity. And as I said in that 23rd verse of Matthew 1, it, it says... Emmanuel was his position. Jesus was his purpose and what he came to do. He always, the father always had a plan. He always had a plan to have a people, to gather a people to himself, the people that he created, the, the humans that he wove together that were birthed out of Adam and Eve at the very beginning. He always had a plan for his people to be with his people, for his people to be a dwelling place, a resting place for him, a place of intimacy. The Father always intended for us to be in an intimate relationship, to be a people who belong to him. That was his intention from the beginning. If you read through the Bible, you know the stories. Adam and Eve, he created them. He walked with them in the cool of the day. He had relationship. They talked with him. You see in um, when Noah, when, when God told Noah about the flood that was coming, the rain that was coming, and he gave him the, the blueprint for building a vessel that was going to save humanity. So his, his intention was always to come and to make a way and to move towards us knowing full well that we had blown it and would blow it. He, he met with Abraham and he told Abraham, I want to bless you and Sarah to be a nation. 
that, that all the peoples of the earth are going to come from you. And Abraham and Sarah were barren. So he was, God was like, I, but I have a plan. I, I know. This is who I am. This is my purpose. He, Moses got to see God's glory. He got to encounter God. He couldn't even look at him because it was so intense. He had to wear a veil. He, God led the Israelites. The Father led the Israelites in the wilderness. When they'd messed up, he was still God with them in the wilderness, and he led them at a, with a fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. He was God with them in that moment. He was with Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den. God's there with him, shutting the mouth of the lion that was supposed to tear him up and kill him. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're put into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow and do what they were told to, with an ungodly king. He, he was the fourth person in the fire. He was with them, engaging, initiating, helping. He was with David when he faced Goliath. When David, this little guy, walks out onto a field with a giant who everybody else is afraid of, God is with him as he goes out there and he's like, you uncircumcised Philistine, who are you to come against the God of the angel armies? It wasn't necessarily the stone that took him down, it was actually God on the inside of him who gave him courage to stand and be obedient that took him down. God was with him. And we, you can read about in the, in the temple, you know, where they built that place for God to rest. You read about the presence of God where the, where the priests had to have, they would go into the inner court and they'd have to have a rope tied around them because of the getting in the presence, they might die. He was so intentional about being with his people and making a way all the way from the beginning. Now, the significance about the first Christmas, the first, um, you know, when Jesus actually was born as a baby, the significance of that, the moment of his birth, is that Emmanuel came, God with us, actually in the flesh, God who had been the one, he, he was an initiator, he was a creator, he created, he breathed the universe, he spoke it into being, he molded male and female, he created the animals, he created the earth, the heavens, and the sea. He, the creator, he initiated, he was involved, and he was helping, and he was influencing all, the, all his creation up till then. And then he was going to fulfill his plan. He was going to do what he always intended to do. He was going to take on human flesh. He was going to become a human. He was going to step into humanity. It blows my mind that he would do this. He, the the king above all kings emptied himself, stepped in constant relationship and communion with God the Father, fellowship with the Holy Spirit in heaven, uncreated one. He 
he, he emptied himself and took on the form of a servant, a human, a f- being flesh and blood like us. He was outside of time. When he was in heaven with the Father, he was outside of time and space. And he chose to step down and confine himself to a period walking the earth as us. Is that not epic? I'm like, it's so good. You can't make this stuff up, really. (laughs) If you do, you still can't even imagine it. Yeah, I think he's worth a a hand. You know, he was the architect, right? He built everything. He holds everything together by his word. He knows every single one of the stars. He created the galaxy and probably galaxies that we have no idea about. And he stepped down into what he was the architect of. What humility is that? Such power. The one who was the author stepped into his story. I'm just like, it's amazing. So Jesus, who was God, became a man and he did that by uniting God with a person in the form of Mary. He took her seed and his godness and wove it together to become Jesus, become one. He became us. So it's not just Emmanuel, God with us, but God who was us because he knew that's what we needed to save us from ourselves and the effects of our sinful nature. And I think to myself, why? Why? Why did he do that? Why? Like, I'm sure he could have figured out a much more um, clean way to, to make it happen. But I really believe that the motivation was the ridiculous love that was on the inside for him towards us. It wasn't because he's like, I'm sick and tired of them. He's like, I have loved them. I love them so much. I'm going to do everything that I can to rescue them. I'm going to do every, I'm going to initiate a plan that will not fail, that cannot fail, because I'm going to step in and do it for them. It's the gospel, isn't it? The simple gospel. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. We think, oh, I've got to fix this. I've got to make myself better before I come to God. I've got to clean up my act. I've got to change my ways because I'm not good enough to be with God. And I need to blah, 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 blah. And then we realize we can never do it. And we try really hard. And then we run out of steam and we fail again. And we're back at the beginning, right? That's what I thought. That's what you think, I think, before you get saved. And then when you get saved, you sometimes forget, oh, really, it's all about him and what he did. And we think, oh, well, I'm struggling with this, so I need to clean myself up. I'm not in God's good book, so I've got to do this and do this and try and get myself back to God, try and climb up the ladder. And it's so exhausting, religion, religion, religion. But there is this wonderful relationship that was offered to us in Jesus who became Emmanuel, God with us. 
It is epic. Do you know the translation of Emmanuel in the Hebrew is actually with us is God. Not God was with us, but present tense with us is God. He was with us. He is with us. He will always be with us. With us is God all the time, even when we did not acknowledge him or love him. He is amazing. <laughs> I run out of words. If you look at um, John 3:16 and 17, we know this scripture really well. This is the way God put it. They f- oh, sorry, no, that's my next scripture. For God so loved the world. I was just testing. Are you listening? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Jesus. He was motivated by love for the cosmos, the whole world, those who would love him, those who did love him, and those who hated him and were his enemies, and all of creation. He was so motivated by that love. Do you know, I have a little glimpse of what it's like as a parent to have a love that would give. When our our daughter Sarah was 13, she got diagnosed, well, she was diagnosed a couple of years earlier with scoliosis and that we, we were really believing God for a supernatural healing. Anyway, time went by and the curve kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so two years later, she had to have um, surgery to straighten her spine. And it's pretty intense. They have to chip away at the bone that's grown in the wrong direction. And then they have to jiggle the spine and straighten it. And it was over 74 degrees off the straight. And, um, and so they had to chip away at it, and then they wiggle it to straighten it, then they put two rods in her spine and 26 screws. And I remember Murray and I, actually, after the surgery and the pain that Sarah was experiencing, we were like, wow, it's not like what Jesus went through, but we could understand the desire, the love that would cause you to want to give and be in the place of, of someone you so love to not, for them not to have to suffer. And, and the love that the Father has for us is like that, that he would do anything. As a parent, you would do anything for your child, to, for them to experience that love and also that closeness. Over Christmas, I'm so excited. All of our kids are coming up for Christmas. And Murray and I are like, We'll do whatever we can to get you here, right? You're coming from Mexico. We're going to pay for a flight for you to get here. We're going to cover your gas so you can get here. We're going to pull out all the stops because we really want you to be here with us. That's the Father's love. He's so committed to being with us that he'll pull out all the stops. And he became Emmanuel, God with us, not distant, not far off. Jeremiah 31, verse 2 and 3 in the message puts it in a wonderful way. He's talking about loving us with an everlasting love. Like this love had no start and no end, and it still doesn't. It's not based on our behavior. It's based on Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It says, this is the way God put it. They found grace out in the desert. These people who survived the killing, Israel, 
out looking for a place to rest, met God out looking for them. God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. That's good, isn't it? Good news. <laughs> so he is with us and he loves us and he's committed to us. It's an everlasting love. We sometimes think we're finding our way back to God or we want to find God. When we met him, we think we found him. But actually, we were just looking for a rest. We were looking for a break from the things, the issues of our heart. We were looking for some kind of way out of the painful stuff that we'd got ourselves into or others had. But actually what he's saying is, no, you didn't find me. I found you. I was so committed and I stepped down and I became one of you so that you would know that I found you. It's good. It's good news. He was with us. He is with us and will always be with us for eternity. So when he ascended into heaven after he rose again and he got taken into heaven, he promised to leave the Holy Spirit. His death separated, that it closed the gap of separation, it tore the veil so we could be in the presence of God again. And when he ascended to heaven, he wanted to remind us, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the comforter, so you will know, behold, I'll be with you until the end of the age don't worry, I'm going to give you a job to do to make disciples of all nations, but don't worry, it's on me. I'll be with you. You can trust me. I'm going to give you everything that you need because I'm Emmanuel. With us is God. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> He's God with us today as we gather. He's God with us when you go to your workplace and maybe you're having a hard day. He with you is God. He's God with you when you go to your school and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you don't like that they're teaching. With you is God. When you go into the grocery store and you see someone who needs healing, with you is God. He wants the world to experience him as Emmanuel even through us. Yeah? With us all the time, 24-7 is God. That's good news. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.